every time I, t I talk about DevOps and continuous delivery, I can get the companies that are the most advanced in continuous delivery. Still, for a lot of them, they haven't yet made the last mile to the business. So you get, some, you get a lot of IT teams that are really superb in how they're organized, what their processes are, and so on. But the actual last mile is not the push to production. The last mile is business. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype Nexus, providing automation and scale to open source component security. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. This is Mark Miller, host of OWASP 24-7. Continuing the theme of integrating security in DevOps processes, I spoke with Sasha Lebore, CEO of CloudBees, during a stop at CD Summit in London. As one of the main players in the software supply chain for DevOps, I was interested in Sasha's perspective on how automated security fit into the supply chain. We start the discussion with what is continuous delivery, followed by the place for security in the modern developer environment. So I'm talking to... Sacha Labouret, the CEO of CloudBees. And previous to that, what we were talking about before... I was part of the JBoss gang, uh, the JBoss <laughs> team who uh, later made it uh, into, uh, into Red Hat. Yeah. As we're sitting here too, Sasha, people are going to hear clapping and things going on. Where are we right now sitting? So we're at the Kia Oval. I'm not sure if I say it right mm -hmm. because in the subway they couldn't understand a single word of what I was <laughs> saying. Uh, but let's put that on their English accent. It's a beautiful stadium. Um, it's an old-style uh, stadium in London uh, where they play cricket. So uh, we're sitting just there <laughs> and watching a game. We're sitting right outside <laughs> the luxury box. This is awesome. You and I are here too because we've been doing a tour with the CD Summit. Conceptually, what's the CD Summit about? So the CD Summit is really uh, about um, educating people uh, and, and, and uh, they, they can be developers or they can be managers around what it means to move towards continuous delivery. Everybody kind of knows what it means. It feels a bit like Web 2.0 uh, 15 years ago, right? Everybody uses the word, but nobody really knows what that means and, and what does that practically mean for them actually and so uh, we see a lot of people very interested in learning more about it to hear about use cases from other people doing it and so on so uh, this this is really what this event is about when you think about continuous delivery is it part of the software development tool chain is it a concept what is continuous delivery yeah t to me continuous delivery is really uh, an objective per se, and, and that's why I, I suspect it's it's sometimes hard for people to, to grasp it because they they like well, give me the tool to do it, give me give me the 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 one on one to get there, and then I'll, I'll just apply it. But it's really many things. It's it's a it's a change of, of process. It's a, a change of of mindset around the value of software in organizations, um, and how essentially software is. Is, is, is a defining element of 
the value of any company these days. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you look at, at, at the car industry these days, right, you had long-established vendors there for uh, decades, almost a century, um, and um, uh, it, it seems like no new vendor could come in and disrupt the market. And here you go, you've got Tesla coming up. And, and Tesla is interesting. On one hand, yes, sure, it's an electrical car, but to me, that's not really why it's interesting. It's because software is embedded within the car, and this is disrupting this industry. Uh, if you look at the release of the autopilot features they released a few weeks back, it means that for the first time probably in the car industry, in the history of the car industry, as an owner of a Tesla, you got the value of your asset to actually increase, mm-hmm. not just decrease, because on day one you had no autopilot, on day two you had autopilot, you know, just through a software update. And so more and more companies are coming up on established market, disrupting completely that market, not because they're 100 years old, but just because they're using software to disrupt that market. And everybody needs to react, and everybody needs to up their game to compete against that. That's, that's what continuous delivery is about to me. It's interesting that you talk in that vein because it appears to a lot of people that every company now is a software company. And what, yeah. what you just described is exactly that. Yeah, and, and just take... Um, when I was telling... I live in Switzerland, so when you talk about software, it's a bit more foreign than if you speak about watches, say, right? But and, and, and so people didn't quite understand that, and I think it's a good proxy for what happens in lots of, of industries where people think it's rambling, you know, uh, next generation, uh, blah, blah, and so on. They don't see it. And what happened in Switzerland recently with Apple and the Apple Watch is just that, mm-hmm. right? Nobody would ever feel like uh, the watch industry would be uh, competing against Apple. And here you go. In just one year, we ended up with Apple selling for 50% of the total business of the watch industry. It was that big. Yeah, it's, it's that big. So uh, if you look at all of the export of watches, I think it's around uh, 20 billions a year in Switzerland. We export for 20 billions of watches. And Apple probably made around 10 billions in the first year. B with billion? B, as in billion. Yes, selling Apple watches in just a year, you know. And so this market is caught completely by surprise. They thought that if any market would be protected, it would be the watch industry. And I'm sure it's true for watches for you know that cost 50K. But for everything else, they've got a big problem. Right. When you're talking about the transformation that's happening, one of the big things that I'm concerned about, and many people are, are the security aspects of what's happening. When you're looking at overall, as far as DevOps and the software supply chain, how does security fit into that? DevOps doesn't even include the word security. Yeah, it's a good point. And, and it, it's true that most people, when they get to the topic of DevOps and continuous delivery initially, they kind of see this as a, as a big circus where everybody's kind of doing what they want. You know, it's the era of punks because software is cool, so suddenly you're going to have the, uh, the new intern to just hire that's going to push stuff to production. That's kind of what it feels, yeah. you know, when you first get in touch with it because we constantly talk about the unicorns, the Facebook of the world, those companies where any new employee can come and push stuff to production uh, the day they start pretty much in the company, right? Mm-hmm. And that gives a... a I think a bad taste to what DevOps is about. Um, And once you start mastering this more, you realize that the processes you're going to define actually 
are going to embed very strict rules about what it means to do things in a secure fashion, but they're, they're going to be embedded in the rules. So I actually think uh, that uh, if, you, if you move towards continuous delivery, your, your, your software can be much more secure because you're going to actually make just small changes much more frequently, but much, much smaller, which gives you a, a much better way to control what does it really change, what does it really impact, and so on. And, and so I think it's, it's, a, it's a good way to start bringing security into the process without making it some kind of holistic thing uh, that makes everybody afraid. And as soon as you touch, you get anywhere close to production, you know, you have some uh, strange... Uh, 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 people and only them can handle security, right? It's it's not that. It should all it should be part of the entire life cycle. Everybody's concerned about security, and I think we can help a lot by embedding this as part of the process, rather than making it something that that happens at the end. With with continuous delivery, continuous integration, where does automation of security fit in? I think it happens all over the life cycle. Uh, it happens already when you do you write code with static code analysis with uh, tools like SonarCube. You can already detect a bunch of things like, you know, oh, clear text password, here you go. Um, uh, and, and then it, it's, it also happens in the testing phases, uh, obviously, some uh, well-known uh, uh, security uh, test suite that needs to be tested. And, and it happens in production as well. Uh, who can push what? Uh, what are the... Uh, the number of who are really authorized to make some specific changes, who access to the, the machines in production. So I think it's, it's, it's really not one thing. It's, it's really part of the entire uh, process. One of the dilemmas that we found in the industry in general is developers have never been the ones held responsible right. for security. Yeah. That's starting to change. Are you seeing that too? Yes, we're, we're seeing that too. We're seeing that those guys feel like Small mistakes can huge, can lead to huge problems down the road. Here we go. We start connecting the dots. You know, it's not some obscure guy in production in a data center who screwed up, but this big credit card issue was maybe because of a stupid bug done by a developer years ago. So, yeah, I, I, I can I can really feel uh, that becoming much more of a concern. When you're looking at, at your company, what's the future for you guys where if you had a future vision how are you going to be part of this it's actually going to be a linked chain of vendors eventually to say right. this is what the tool chain looks like this is what the software supply chain looks like where do you want to fit in where do you where do you want to be in that chain so what we see is that um, essentially when when people do devops they end up with a number of tools it can be five can be 12 can be 20 different level of sophistication Right, and as as um, as a company, what I end up with is lots of different tools to manage, lots of different tools to monitor, and so on. And I think one of the roles that CloudBees can bring through Jenkins is a way to provide some kind of unified dashboard of the entire DevOps story that gather key information, key analytics from those different tools, so that you can get an instant view of how are my application, how is my business doing based on all of those agents pretty much running around, right? I can pull key data. Give me an example. Give me some of those agents. Who are you looking at integrating with to make that work? Well, think about, uh, we talk about the past to production, but we don't, don't think much about the past after production, right? Once it went to production, first, how do you roll out to production? Some people do A-B testing and so on. 
we should be able to automate this as part of the of, of the process um, and and then how is it performing in one versus the other how are business metrics not just you know how much cpu is it using but really Am I selling more or less? Because I just did a change to my shopping mm -hmm. cart. Is it working or not? Right. So being able to, to, to have kind of a big Google Analytics of my applications in a holistic fashion that I can bring back in a unified view and uh, extract some key information to drive my business, I think that's, that's a role we can, that's we can fulfill. fascinating because now what you're talking about is aligning the software supply chain with actual business objectives. Absolutely. Yes, and... and Every time I, t I talk about DevOps and continuous delivery, I can get the companies that are the most advanced in continuous delivery. Still, for a lot of them, they haven't yet made the last mile to the business. So you get, some, you get a lot of IT teams that are really superb in how they're organized, what their processes are, and so on. But the actual last mile is not the push to production. The last mile is business. Mm -hmm. How do you get people in business to realize that what they do is directly impacting IT and vice versa. You know, how do you get them to provide requirements on the go, in real time, based on metrics you capture? We still have in many companies an IT that's working along the continuous delivery DevOps processes, but the business still gives objective and makes learning at much larger uh, time frames. They don't leverage this hugely powerful t uh, tool. One of the dilemmas along that line is large enterprises, virtual dinosaurs, right. are finding it difficult to make the transformation. Yeah. Uh, you guys are at the forefront of helping with that transformation. What are you seeing at the enterprise level now? So we, we see um, a lot of managers, mid-level managers, sometimes up to VP, who really want to make a, a difference. They really want to make a change. Um, and And in, in, I have to say, in many organizations, they're being frustrated because it's moving slow. Uh, Who's stopping it? It's just inertia. Yeah. I don't think there is the bad guy, you know, the evil guy who wants to make sure the company becomes the next Kodak, right? That does not really exist. Everybody feels when they wake up that they do a good job, right? But sometimes because they think it's too much risk or they don't really get it. That's why we need so much education to make them understand that it's not... Is it good or not good to do it? It's if you don't do it, you're the next Kodak. Mm -hmm. Right? That's it. You're going to disappear. You've got companies that were 50 years old or more who disappeared in just a few years because they were not able to, 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 make, to make the move. And that's as easy, as easy as, as this. And, and I think a lot of companies still don't get that. They still feel like they, they, they have a way out without becoming a software company. Did you see the big short? You know, yes, yes, It yes. reminds me of that guy in the big short that was incapable of moving off of what his preset mind was. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Frightening a bit, but <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the next uh, bubble now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you going to do next? What's going on with you next? I don't know, actually. Uh, I'm enjoying this. Uh, I feel like uh, CloudBees is on a, on a great... Uh, on a great uh, You know, going in a great direction. We're growing fast. I enjoy it. You know, it's it's. Uh, my life has always been about startups. I've always tried to create stuff. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it it doesn't work. And uh, uh, it's it's always great when you when you can go beyond this first 
curve of, of trying to find a market, product market fit, going beyond scaling, and you start facing other issues, bigger companies' issues, uh, but that's, that's part of it. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that for now. Yeah, with my 13-year-old son, who has a business bent, too, we talk about there's two kinds of people. There's the conceptual people that can come up with the ideas right. and really drive what's going on. But then you've got to have a whole different type of person that actually does the engagement and drives the engagement itself. Right. Yeah. Two different personalities. Oh, yeah. And, and I think realizing your own weaknesses and limits is the best thing you can do very early on. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs who just try to look good at everything because they feel like, as a boss, they need to be better than the VP of sales, better than the VP of marketing. But you should, you should thrive to be the worst in the company, essentially. You want everybody else to be smarter than you. How are you doing so far? That's how you're going to succeed. I'm being extra dumb. I, I love it. So, uh. <laughs> well, you got KK there, right? I mean. I, I, you know, once you get KK, <laughs> what can go wrong? So. <laughs> You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller, and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from Sonatype Nexus, providing automation and scale to open source component security. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. Proactive Risk.